Welcome to Ski Cap, Hoodie, and Shorts, Episode 27, Boxes and Brackets. Hey everybody, my name is Ted Samaras and I want to welcome you here to the Ski Cap, Hoodie, and Shorts podcast. Uh, Thank you for joining me today. And we are going to be talking about um, some boxes and some brackets today. So this time of year, um, I find myself, um, you know, getting my brain picked a little bit more and more about spreadsheets, but more for other type of activities rather than just the day to day. You know, I need this piece of data at school. I need that piece of data at school. Um, It probably has to do with since, you know, if you're listening to this uh, on its first run, it's like mid-March. And so we've had that um, season where we've had the Super Bowl boxes that some of uh, you or me partake in um, in like mid-February. And now we are here in the States at the full-blown March Madness uh, when, um, you know, the NCAA men's and women's basketball tournaments begin. And so, um, as you know, right, a lot of those type of traditional brackets or boxes, right? Um, you know, there tends to be a lot of, you know, play on those, right? So yes, sure, it's nice to be able to, um, you know, go ahead and, you know, pick your favorite teams. And I know sometimes the winners of those things uh, tend to be, ooh, I drove through here once, or oh, I like the color of this team, or oh, my dog is named this. Um, but aside from who actually who wins those type of, um, you know, tournament pools that are, I'm sure, just for bragging rights and for fun, um, you know, sometimes there's a little play on play on them um, in education as well. So, you know, you may be doing like a readathon or you may be doing a math challenge where you have, you know, two classes from the same grade, you know, competing against each other. And then, you know, if they win for the week, if they get so many points on a particular software or something like that, they move on to the next round. So whether you're actually into the sport itself that it's talking about or whether you're into, um, you know, putting this out there for educational use, right, or even corporate use when they do these kind of incentive challenges. Um, It just seems to be an uptick in, you know, how do I track results? How do I track results by score? How do I track results by who wins? Um, That type of thing. Those conversations uh, tend to come up more. And however you're using these brackets, right, whether they are more elaborate or less elaborate, right, um, I hope that if you're involved in making a bracket, right, you are looking at ways to make this a learning experience and make your life easier at the same time. Because, again, that's what I try to, um, you know, have people think about when they're working with spreadsheets. You want to make this so it makes your life easier. You want to be able to automate certain things. You want to be able to, um, you know, go ahead and see data clearer, clearer. Or, um, you know, that type of thing. Right. So and it's definitely a teaching opportunity when I get to work with people, um, you know, to build on these skills as well. So uh, this is great for you. And as you learn these skills, right, even though you may be distracted from your work for five minutes while you're building this bracket, your knowledge of building the bracket will be able to then help you in your classes or help you in your corporate setting or whatever the story is. And it will allow you to help your data speak louder, clearer and more efficiently. So at this time, like I said, what are some of the most common questions that I get around these type of items, right? Whether they are a 10 by 10 box that has numbers around it or whether or not it's like a full blown, you know, 68 or 64 team tournament bracket, right? So I get questions like, you know, how do I shade a box 
based on a score that happens. How do I go ahead and shade a box, um, you know, based on a result, but over multiple sheets, so I don't have to keep going into every tab and, and highlighting it, right? How do I make an entire row or column, right, uh, color or shade based on a result, and how do I count how many right answers there are? So you can see, um, you know, I'm getting a lot of questions about box and bracket, um, you know, type of things that, um, you know, are formulas that maybe people don't use all year long or are conditional formatting items that people don't use all year long. But now they have a sense of, I need this to make my life easier because I am handling putting out this data and I want to be able to make it work. So I'm also getting questions about box structure, bracket structure, those type of things. But this is where now people are actually willing to listen about a formula as opposed to, um, you know, hey, we're going to break down whether or not the third grade reading level should be at um you know, one level versus another and how much the student grew and all that kind of stuff, right? Some people are interested in that. But when it comes to the tournaments, right, everybody seems to be interested on who won, who lost, and how many points did I get for it. So I start to get that type of interest more. Um, and so really much of what I'm looking at with these formulas right, really comes down to either counting formulas or conditional formatting. And you really need to think about that both of these things are really like if-then statements, right? And think about it when you try to um, describe this, right? Or how would you say what you need when you come to me and say, hey, I want to learn about this. Most people say, I need to shade this in green if the number is equal to 10. I need to shade this in red if the answer is false, etc. So what they're doing is they're basically setting up an if-then statement in their question. And so what you want to do is once you break it down and think about that's how you want to use your spread, sheet, you're basically saying, if this happens, if this condition happens, which is where conditional formatting starts, then I want something else to happen. Or if you're using the counting formula, and it's a count if, then what you're doing is you're saying, I want you to count it if it is this number or this result. Let's remember too, um, and this is a great reminder for people, like, I don't feel as though I need to have a big master formula that does everything it wants with one press of a button, especially like when I'm either learning or relearning something, because I know, you know, sometimes conversations about formulas or formatting are cyclical. And so like, you know, um, people like to do pixel art more during the holidays. Um, you know, they like to do, you know, those type of things. Um, you know, maybe they like to do crosswords a little more when they have more time on their hands in the summer. Um, or, you know, you wind up with boxes and brackets like this in, you know, February and March. So what I like to do is I like to kind of like break things down into maybe a couple of formulas. So this way, if I do make a mistake, I can realize, oh, I made the mistake in this formula or I made the mistake in that formula. And I can go back and fix that piece of it instead of trying to reanalyze a whole formula that I never understood. And I just grabbed it off of, um, you know, a search engine and go ahead and put it in my Excel or Google Sheets or my pages. Um, you know, or my, excuse me, my numbers or whatever I put it in. All right. Um, so you definitely don't need a big, um, you know, master formula for this. So like as an example, right, I could have an entire row highlight, right, based on the condition. However, let's say I have many conditions that I get lost, right? So what I can do is if I'm not at that point yet with these formulas, I can always put a checkbox, 
um, at the end, like in Google Sheets. And so then I can say, okay, if I check off the box, the whole row lights up, right? Because I understand that the checkbox is a visual representation of a true-false statement. So I would write my formula and I'd say, if it's true, light it up green, if it's red, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, that type of thing. So once I start feeling comfortable in terms of how I can tinker with things, then I can start merging things together. Um, so we can look at a couple of these now, right? So like two, let's use COUNTIF as an example as well, right? COUNTIF, right, can count how many cells in a range meet a condition, like how many first round games I selected correctly, and I can be done either by looking at the results themselves or looking at a representation such as a true-false and counting the true-falses to get a count, right? So what I can do is basically I can say instead of writing the formula and saying, you know, oh, you know, if Rutgers wins, then, you know, add three. And if, you know, Wichita State wins, then add five or something like that. Instead of getting all convoluted on that, what I can do is and say if Rutgers wins, then true. Right. If Wichita State wins, then true. And then what I can do is I can take those true statements and I can assign them a point value. So I can say, you know, count if this is true and I count it up and I've gotten two of them right. And then depending on the round, if each round has a, you know, a certain value to it, I could say if it's a first round game, then multiply it by two, multiply it by four. If it's a second round game, et cetera, um, et cetera, et cetera. But what I've done is because I've went ahead and broken it up, I can kind of see the flow of the structure. But like I said, COUNTIF is, is one of those, again, um, that, you know, is pretty straightforward, right? It's equals COUNTIF. You open your parentheses. Right. You put the range that you want. So that's the set of cells that you want to look in. You put your comma and then you put your criterion. Right. If you ever hover over the um, the box when you're typing the formula, you'll see the word criterion. It's basically, um, you know, what are you looking for? So if I'm looking to count, you know, whatever, uh, how many times I have true, then it would be equals count if open parentheses, whatever my range is, comma, and the word true. I have to close my parentheses because I open my parentheses. I hit enter, and now it gives me a count of only the things where it says true. So now let's talk about having other sheets um, color in based on the results of like a main sheet, right? Um, I know I get this kind of question a lot, and this is where you can really get fancy with the formulas, but I don't want to do that um, for a couple of reasons. I want to kind of make this um, more straightforward, and you know, maybe my straightforward is is your fancy, but um, just to kind of walk you through it a little bit, um, I want to tackle this with like broad strokes to give you one way to go. And then we can look to dive deeper into this maybe in future episodes um, or if I happen to be discussing this topic at like a, an online training or a conference or, um, you know, that type of thing. You can always reach out to me and ask me, hey, how do we do this? Um, you know, that type of thing. Right. But basically, again, right, um, what you want to do is you want to think about like especially like, like Google Sheets, right, that when you do conditional formatting, that it applies to the tab or the sheet that you're working on. It doesn't necessarily apply to the whole workbook when you're just doing basic conditional formatting. So what you really want to do is, um, you know, unless you're going to use like an app script and all that kind of stuff, um, what you really want to do is you want to get one tab all set up and correct. So that this way it has like if you want to protect certain cells, you can. If you want to conditionally format certain cells, you can. 
if you want to write certain formulas, you can, but make sure that you test everything out and that it's right. And then what you can do is, once you have that correct sheet as your template, right, kind of like thinking about like, you know, like the die for like a printing press or, you know, the mold or that type of thing. Once you have that correct, when you make copies of it and you make multiple tabs, all those formatting and protections and formulas will move over to the next tab. And now what you've done is you've set yourself up to where you have multiple tabs that all have that formatting instead of having to go in and manually change um, the formatting on each tab, right? Um, and so, yeah, you definitely don't want, and plus two, like if you're gonna do like data validation where you could do like drop downs or reject cells or that type of thing, you don't wanna give people a blank sheet and ask them to fill out their own bracket and now you get all kinds of versions and misspellings of, uh, you know, like Gonzaga as an example, um, although phonetically you should be able to spell it, but you know what I mean. Um, you know, you get all kinds of misspellings and, and, and that. Um, or, you know, abbreviations, you know, one person says, um, you know, you know, you can go ahead and, you know, you can pick your, you know, they put ASU and you're not sure if it's Arizona State, Appalachian State, um, or that type of thing, you know, unless you're familiar with all the teams in the bracket. Um, so another thing to consider is though, when you're trying to get all this data on one sheet, right, um, is that you really want to think about, um, moving a copy of the data over without touching the original data. And so what I mean by that is, right, if like, let's say you are going to have a master sheet where you fill in all the right answers, right? It's your perfect bracket. So you're going to go in and, and again, hopefully my, my alma mater this year, uh, Rutgers will be making their third straight NCAA tournament um, at the time of the taping here, it looks like. Um, we'll hopefully have a big run this year out of the Big Ten, right? But let's say, you know, you're going to go ahead and you're looking at that um, master sheet and you just want to be able to plug in the winners on that one sheet and you want it to push out everywhere else to all these other tabs and to all these other sheets that people are going to have, right? What you could do is um, you want to make sure that like, um, you know, you can go ahead and just, um, you know, type it in there. But what you also want to do is you can use something called import range if you're doing like a particular set of cells or import data, or you can use like a query function, which will pull certain data based on the criteria that you set up. Um, so that this way you can have your original master sheet that nobody else can touch except you. And when you pull like the query or the, or the uh, import data onto the sheets that people are using, and then you protect those cells so people can't type over it, what will happen is, is that you can actually have like a hidden area where the right answers actually are pushed out to their sheets as well. And from there, you can write your calculations based on those cells and you can hide them. So as an example, I might have like cells like, you know, a1 through, you know, let's say J100, right? Just to use an example, as areas that people could go ahead and do drop downs for their teams, because with these brackets, you like to set, set up your whole bracket ahead of time. Um, but then maybe, right, in cells like, you know, from like A, you know, 101 down to like, you know, J200, I'll have a copy of my perfect bracket. And so what that will mean is, is that because I've now moved that onto the sheet, I can import the range 
in A101, or I can write a query function in A101 that will pull data from the master sheet, and then you will be able to go ahead and write your conditional formatting up at the top part where the user's using it, and base it on the correct answers that you are populating at the bottom part. And if you don't want the user to see that perfect bracket, you can go ahead and hide cells A101 to J200 and protect it so that this way they can't open it up. And I understand that this is an audio podcast. So like, I know you might be saying to yourself, man, this would be great if I could look at it. And again, if there's interest in, you know, and I'll be talking about like query and in, in, uh, import range and those type of things at a couple of different conferences. Um, but if you're interested in learning about this or you want to talk to me about it, you can always reach out to me. But again, I'm just trying to get your head around the fact that you can actually do this in more manual and Uh, meaningful ways to your learning rather than just pull a formula off of you know google yahoo bing wherever you do your searching and you know throwing it in the sheet and hoping it works (laughs) so one other thing that comes up with this is that you know people want to be able to um not all have to go into one sheet right they all want to be able to just have their own sheet and maybe see who the winners are right they don't necessarily need to be in everybody else's tabs so what you can do is you can actually make it where once you've made this um you know once you've made this copy right um you can actually uh, have your master copy and you can post the link to the um you know, to the sheet on like a website or something like that. And people can go ahead and click on it. And when you're looking at a Google sheet in that web address, if you change the word edit in that big long formula, if you change the word edit to copy, it's going to force people when they click on it to make a copy. It's going to ask them, do you want to make a copy of this? And, you know, they have to say yes. But what's nice is, is that if you have a particular sheet or a particular tab in that uh, template that they are making a copy of and you have import data in there, um, what's going to happen is, is that it's going to pull the data from your workbook and pull a copy of it into their workbook. So therefore, all the formatting that you did and all the drop downs that you made will actually take because all that import data is doing is pulling a copy of your master data. It's not giving them new data. So if you make a copy on your master sheet, it's going to kick out to all these different Google Sheets too. Um, If you want to see what something like that looks like in action, um, as for my Google Innovator project that I did as part of the Virtual uh, Academy, um, Innovator Academy in in 20 during the pandemic, um, I worked on uh, my website, uh, Recruit Helpers, so www.recruithelpers.com. Um, and if you go there, uh, a couple of the items that I worked on, well, one in particular was a workbook um, that student-athletes can download, and it was to help them get recruited. Uh, this was specifically for men's soccer. And so what it would do is uh, they can set up a workbook where they could keep a list of their contacts, but also what it did was it gave them a database um, of like hundreds of colleges with the coaches' names, what the mascot was, what the website was, what the location was, a population, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so they could narrow it down. They could say, I'm only looking at big schools. I'm only looking at small schools. I'm only looking at schools in Iowa. I'm only looking at schools in Florida. Um, but what that did was, was that I wanted people to be able to use it on their own, right? I gave it away for free so that this way people could go ahead and say, oh, I downloaded this. 
I'm using this as my workbook. But what happens is inevitably when you download something, right, it becomes static. So I didn't want to have it where student athletes had to now go and basically a coach gets fired, retires, switches college, leaves the profession, and now they all have to hunt for that coach. So what they can do is if I go ahead and make the change on my master list, uh, it will then populate out to theirs because of the fact that I've used that import range or import data. So again, by forcing them to make a copy um, of a master sheet, you can actually control what information goes out to these sheets once they make the copy of it. Um, so again, if you want to see what that looks like, you are more than welcome to go to um, the Recruit Helpers uh, website. Um, you can also reach it from the main uh, educational website I've got, which is www.ourtechcoach.com. Um, and then you can click on the link on the left-hand side and it will take you there just so you can kind of get a feel for what a workbook like this would look like if you were doing it with brackets or boxes, etc., etc. So as always, I'd love to hear your feedback about this. Um, I know, you know, some of you might be like, oh, I was listening about spreadsheets. I really wish I could have seen it. And I get it. Uh, you know, this podcast, we've been doing it audio, right? We haven't done too much um, video yet, right? But it's definitely something that I'd be happy to talk about um, or, you know, like do like online trainings on or that type of thing. Um, but definitely check out that workbook that I was telling you about too. Um, and it will kind of give you an idea of what we discussed today. And hopefully it give you like um, a confidence to like think about, oh, I can try this. I can try that. Let me go ahead and experiment with this to make my life easier. And then, like I said, with all that learning that I did in building these type of things, I've now been able to apply it to my work, um, both my formal work and my, you know, volunteer conference speaking type of work um, that I do outside of my work hours. Um, so both of them have helped um, out a lot. So like I said, as always, I'd love to hear your feedback on this. Uh, you can reach me at shorts at gmail.com if you want to email me. Uh, if you want to DM me or reach out on Twitter, um, you can use my more formal um, account, which is at our tech coach, um, which is more about uh, not just the podcast, but also about some of the other educational things uh, that I'm involved with. If you'd like to see the website of this podcast, you can go to www.skicaphoodieandshorts.com. Um, or what you can do is if you would like to see some of the other great educational projects that I am working on with some super educators around the world, uh, you can go to my main educational website, which is www.ourtechcoach.com, and then click on the left-hand side, and you can see all the different um, projects that we are working on as well. Um, so as always, you know, you know, I value your time and I value your feedback. Um, so I really want to thank you today for listening um, to the Ski Cap Hoodie and Shorts podcast. Please remember to be good to yourself and to be yourself. <laughs>